You're listening to A Not-So-Private Practice, and we are your hosts, Steph and Laura. Consider this your backstage pass to all the weird and wonderful things that happen behind the curtain of group practice ownership. So here we are today talking about owning versus renting office spaces. For us, we purchased a commercial space in 2019, and we did a monstrous build-in. Yeah. Tell us, Laura, about how it was having your husband contract our build-in. Yeah. Well, he pulled off a miracle. We asked him to, from pulling permits to completing the whole project, he did it in three months. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and he did it because he loves us, and he had no boundaries. And so he did this incredible thing, and I would absolutely never do it again. So in our last episode, we told you a little bit about how we found our office the day that we knew that it was the place where we were supposed to build Shoreline. Uh, And once we got it all finalized and it was all done, we started the, the build. Yeah. The three months from sort of permit to open was sort of crazy and sort of like weirdly slow. Yeah. It felt for months like nothing was happening. Yeah. We worked in an office down the road from Fort Langley where we were like temporarily located while it was being built. And every day we'd have an hour break and we'd be like, should we go? Should we go? (laughs) And we'd get in the car and we would drive to Fort Langley and we would walk in and nothing would be different. Yeah. It was like trapped in time. It was bizarre. Yes. Yeah. And we were, I was fearful it was never getting done, but Your husband was assuring us that things were happening. We just couldn't see them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite stories about that time was what I think is the best piece of advice he gave to us when he Mm. was building was, you know, he said to us that once the framing was up, we had this opportunity to write whatever we wanted to on the walls of the office. Yeah. I remember instantly loving that idea. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like, you know, forever Mm -hmm. on the framing of this building and we wouldn't get to see it. It would be covered obviously with like drywall and, and all the things, but we went there. You remember the night that we went there? Mm, I do. Yeah. Yeah. We went there with a bag full of colorful Sharpies and some notebooks of things that we wanted to just infuse into the foundation of this place. Yeah. We walked around, it's a quite a large space. And so we walked around every section of it and covered different structural beams with quotes that have been meaningful to us and poems and pieces of books, you know, things that have been formative and that captured the essence of what we wanted to build. Yeah, we just like aimed to infuse all of our intentions into the frame. I remember it feeling like magic that night. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? We're writing and it had this ethereal, like goosebumpy. If you can literally infuse a space with uh, some kind of ethos or presence, that felt like what we were doing. Totally. And it was like so quiet. Yeah. And then when we finished, we sat down in a pile of sawdust. Yes, we did. (laughs) Drank wine. Yeah. Out of the bottle? I don't think we had glasses. Oh, we had one bottle and one mug. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And it just like got dark. Yeah. And then we left. Yeah. I still like to tell this joke sometimes when I'm leading groups. I can't remember what it says, but somewhere behind a wall in our group room, there's some kind of like, you're good enough quote. Mm. And I always imagine this day, like when we're in our grand finale at Shoreline Counseling and I'm leading my last therapeutic group, that someone's going to say something about not being good enough. And I'm just going to 
grab a sledgehammer and <laughs> knock open the wall and then just point wordlessly at the quote. And yeah. like, that's how I'll go down. That's how I'll retire. This will be my blaze of yeah. glory at the end of it all. My big dream is to sell the practice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Laura's is to take it down. So, you yeah. know, the months, the months of building and, and all of that, it was, it was a lot of decision making. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of stress in all of the different ways. And it just sort of like, Come along, yeah, and um, you know, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like the office that was built, it's beautiful between our builders and our designer. Like it's totally captures the vibe that we wanted. Totally for I, the space. I remember we had a opening night event we hosted for family and friends to just come and see the space and. And I remember walking in there at 9 a.m. the morning of the event and like they were still tiling the walls and putting paint on and it still looked like a construction site. And I left and I went to get ready for the party and I came back about four o'clock and it was empty. I was the only person there. And I walked in and I sat on the bench in our waiting room and I just had this moment of like, holy Hmm. moly, Hmm. look at what we've done. Yeah. And like Steph is getting a little teary right now, which doesn't happen often. So she I'm really means back it. My swear words. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment for me of like nothing will be the same mm. from here on mm. out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty magical. Yeah, that party was amazing. It was too. so much fun. We had this live singer and all these people who just you know, care about us. Yeah, came. It was quite a big party it was like the energy and yeah. the significant celebration of this thing we had done was yeah uh, felt like a good match to celebrate all it had taken yeah. to get there yeah it was pretty magical to be able to share the space for the first time with the people who walked alongside us yeah. families and friends but our clinicians and and support staff and everybody who was a part of this with us it was really really meaningful yeah yeah and then we opened the next day well no mm. no the next day you had your daughter's birthday party there. Oh, yeah. I did double duty. You did. That's right. I, you did. Yeah. I showed up the next morning to make sure the offices had garbage cans and clocks in them yes. for things to start on Monday. And there were a bunch of four-year-olds. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Doing arts and crafts in the group yeah. room. We did and some, like, relay races. Relay races <laughs> down the hallway. <gasps> And, you know, Laura, I remember you were like tickled pink. You were like, we have a party space now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. (laughs) And the cleaner was coming. So I'm like, I'm going to sneak this party in before they get here, before we open. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so then the next day after the birthday party, then we open for business. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of us had full practices. We'd been operating elsewhere. And so we come in with these full client loads and into our beautiful office. It's finished. It's done. Everything is as we wanted it to be. We all sit down for our first session and we quickly realize that it's not soundproof. Well, and in our defense, it's like not the soundproof that we were used to, which was silence. Yeah. You could hear people walking in the halls. You could hear mumblings from all over the office space. You could hear traffic from the outside. And this was like really freaked us out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you shake your fist at your designer kind of moment who's we did shake telling our fist at our designer. How beautiful our floors are that turn out to be not terribly helpful no. acoustically. Yeah. It was pretty uh like rattling yeah. to find that it was not and we had reinforced this. That was our number one thing. Like make it soundproof. Whatever you gotta do, 
whatever quality of materials you need to use, just make it soundproof. Yeah. And it wasn't no. soundproof the way we had hoped. The way we had hoped. And yeah. so we worked our first few days in a state of panic, got on a plane to Whitehorse oh, yeah. on Friday right. of our first week to do a supervision course yeah. in the yeah. Yukon. Yeah. And we were a disaster. Yeah. We, yeah, we were, were so scared and so worried. Worried. That it was all going to. We were Not yelling work. at everyone on email. We were yeah. yelling at the architects and the designers. My and, poor husband. Yeah, he was getting yelled <laughs> yeah. at on the phone. Uh, we were we were really stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so Laura's husband is so great at what he does. The thing that I love to tease him the most about, which <laughs> maybe he's not going to love so much, but it's all with love, is that he is like great at Jimmy rigging solutions. Yeah. You know, it's like, like if there's you give little, him like some Play-Doh and a piece of tape and he'll figure out how to figure make out it how work. to fix your hole. Like yeah. he's really great at it. Yes. It doesn't always like look exactly how <laughs> you would want it to look, but generally he comes up with very creative solutions yes. to problems. Yes. So, of course, we are spun out over this and he of obviously feeling awful, wanting to help us in any way he possibly can. And so the solutions start rolling. Yeah. One point we come in and he's got holes in one of the offices and he's pumping foam yeah, inside right. the walls. Like, a, like imagine like a spray foam gun. That, yeah. 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 Just filling, filling them up. The filling the walls with foam. Yeah. yeah. Which was before he then bought another piece of drywall to reinforce the yes. wall. Wherever there was a hole, he was going to fill it. He was going to fill it. Yes. Yeah. We spent countless amounts of dollars on acoustic panels that currently sit in our storage room. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. used a few of those. No, they are. They're on the There's ceilings, the walls. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. in the storage room, though. Yeah. Yeah. He wrapped all of the air conditioning ducts in some sort of, like, weird... Metallic... Adding. Foam thing. Yeah. duct tape. I think one of the offices still has that, actually. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. We, were, we would have done anything yeah. at this point to reduce the sound transfer. Yeah. So every idea, we're like, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Whatever and we just didn't have a lot of support. Like... You know, the architect was sort of like, it's the design. And the design was sort of like, it's the HVAC. And the HVAC was like, it's the architect. So I phoned an acoustic engineer and I got an earful about how acoustic engineering really just needs to be done before building. And right. there was pretty much nothing they could do to help us. Right. And so, you know, as it turns out, Laura's husband and all of his jimmy rigging <laughs> did in fact remedy... Yeah. The sound transfer issue. Yes. Yeah. It I'm was, pretty sure our HVACs are like stuffed with something too. They do. Yeah. They're, he built a box with some Totally. Felt. Like cha rerouted it, put stuff in there. I don't know what, but yeah. a lot, a lot happened. Yeah. And and the other thing I think that surprised us the most was how unaffected clients that seemed was, to be by what we thought was a horrifying level of sound yeah. transfer. Yeah. You know, and we were lucky because we owned the space. So making these changes was really just, you know, based on how much we were willing to spend and do yeah. to fix it. And, you know, as Laura said, like clients didn't seem as affected as we were. Our other clinicians didn't seem as affected as we were, to be honest. But it sort of feels like when all of these kind of bizarre solutions came together, it resolved. Yeah. So our advice to you would be hire an acoustic engineer up front that would if you're going to do advice. a built-in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is just like one of the perils of owning, you know, yeah. there's you know, when you own a commercial property, there's a lot of things that, like, we just didn't know mm. to think about. So our property lives in a commercial space with, I think, three or four other 
commercial properties, and it's attached to a residential development. And so there's three stratas. Yes. Everyone's worst nightmare. Three stratas. Yeah. There's a residential strata, there's a commercial strata, and a joint strata. And, you know, what we learned really early on is that, you know, there were problems in the development of the building that led to flooding Mm -hmm. and other damages that, you know, spiked our costs exponentially. Our strata fees went up 300% in our first year. And, you know, it was, it's all the sort of like price to owning property. Yeah. You know, property taxes and strata fees and insurance deductibles and all of the the pieces that you don't have to think about when you pay rent yeah, in a space. exactly. And of course, the benefit is that we can get in there and jimmy rig things however we would like and put whatever solutions we would like on various problems. And and just that indefinable feeling of like, this is ours. Yeah. This is a home base that yeah. we have some security and stability yeah. around. Feels worth it. Yeah, I would say. I don't regret it at all. But no, jury's out on whether we'll do it again, w- though. <laughs> way more expensive than y- you yeah. can possibly... It, ju- it adds up in a way that's often unexpected. Yeah. Both the remediation to the building errors and ownership itself. Yeah. Yeah, and when you work in a commercial building, there's just a lot of things out of your control, you know? So the elevator stops working, mm-hmm. and we're on the third floor, and, you know, we have clients who struggle with mobility, and all of a sudden, they can't arrive for their sessions. Clients who have elevator phobias. Right. Who have been trapped in the elevator. It's very concerning. Right, Yeah. right. And, like, you know, teaching people how to get into the door when the building is locked, and parking, and all yeah. of the things that, you know, the challenges that come with working in, like, a commercial complex that you don't have control over. Yeah. Yeah. So then when we opened Vancouver a few years later, we decided to go a different route. Yeah. We didn't hire your husband or any of his friends. That was our number one. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. In fact, decision. yes. In fact, we yeah. hired this powerful woman contractor who was female led, female, so, I think all female company. It was an right? all female company. Yeah. She was just like in there to the point. Yeah. Told us what we needed. And she got that thing done unbelievably fast. Yeah. She was incredible. Yeah. The building helped a little. They, you know, weren't as concerned with what we were doing. And so she got in there and that thing got put together. Yeah. So we did a a semi-build-in with our Vancouver office. It already had three offices built. Yeah. We built in two more. Yeah. And then sort of did our branding in the area, did a front desk. Yeah. And uh, replicated some of our branding in it. Yeah. I mean, we we operated under the assumption that the costs were going to be comparable to our uh, 2019 renovation, which had only been three years ago. But you know, given COVID and supply chain lines and all of those things, it was far more expensive than we had anticipated. Seems to be a theme for us, hey? Still hurts. (laughs) Still Still really, really hurts. hurts. And this place is quirky. Yes, it is. This place is quirky. We, uh, there's a gym in the building, which we didn't really know how it would impact us because when we took over the space, it was COVID and the gym was closed. Yeah. And so now you can hear people dropping weights all the time. (laughs) Do you try to time your interventions so that you're like making a really good point just as the weight hits the ground? That would be good, right? Mic drop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, No, but I do warn all of my clients Uh when they come in that like they're going to hear banging noises and it's the gym. And we didn't know because it was COVID. So I hear there's some temperature problems in the Vancouver office. Yeah, it turns out, I actually haven't even told you this yet, but it turns out they want us to replace the heat pump and reroute all the HVAC. 
Oh. Yeah. We've done that before. Yeah, but we're not going to do it here. <laughs> Should we hire my husband? We are not going to do it here because we don't own this property. Yeah, yeah. But the problem that we're having is that, like, we can't manage the temperature. It's managed by the building. And so two of our offices are very, very hot and three of our offices are very, very cold. Yeah. And there doesn't appear to be a clear way of getting that remedied because nobody really responds to emails or helps yeah. at all. Yeah. Really. Yeah. When we were trying to do the build-in, we asked for blueprints so that we could create a, a plan and they didn't exist. Well, they kept sending us blueprints that were the wrong office or from 1965 when everything was completely different. And it turns out they had none. They had none. No yeah. no drawings whatsoever of this space. Yeah. It's, it was wild. Yeah. So when I was talking to them just this week about the HVAC, he said to me, well, you didn't submit a HVAC balancing report. And I said, <laughs> you guys couldn't tell me where the HVAC even was in this unit. <laughs> So, you know, it's a really a toss-up. It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, cheaper overall, right? It is cheaper overall. It's like we Her pay. Office. Yes, we pay yeah. a fee yeah. every month and we don't worry about anything. And, yes. you know, the truth is, is that when we have problems, we can, we just have to commit to hounding them and somebody will come and do the best that they can to remedy it for us. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in our office in Fort Langley, it's really on us. Yes. Yeah. So all this having been said, our experience really is that Buying has given us more autonomy and more agency, and renting has given us a little more financial flexibility. Yeah, I would say flexibility overall. Yeah. And I'm glad we did both. Me too. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to A Not-So-Private Practice. Please be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and throw down a review if you are enjoying the show, as it helps other listeners find us. In real life, you can find Laura and Steph at www.anotsoprivatepractice.ca. A special thanks and shout out to Podfather Creative for producing and editing this episode. 